Hi, welcome to the Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am a Philadelphia-based artist, curator, and art professor, as well as artist coach. In this podcast, I cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists, like inspiration, mindset, art business relationships, and artist career strategy. You'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom. My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. Hello, my beautiful artist friends, and I am back for part two of my France expedition from this summer. So I wanted to pick up where I left off last uh, podcast episode, which um, was, I believe, I was in Granville about to go back to Paris. So yeah, last um, last podcast episode, I went over basically the, um, the Muses residency that I went on in Normandy, just to catch up those who didn't hear the last one. Um, I completed a dance-based um, residency in Normandy at this gorgeous chateau, Um, which was organized by the Muses Atlas. And I will put their information in the show notes so you can check them out. Um, But it was an amazing, amazing experience. It was very, very inspiring, very transcendent, both personally and professionally. So then I went on to go see Mont Saint-Michel with one of the girls. And then I went on alone to go experience Granville, uh, which is a beach town. Um, in France, very relaxing, probably the most relaxing part of my trip. Um, So I was alone, but I didn't feel lonely, uh, strangely enough. I just felt like totally relaxed. Like I kind of like owed nothing to anybody. And I read, I wrote, and I just relaxed by the ocean. And it was really wonderful, very blissful. Um, And I also saw Christian Dior's Childhood Home, which was the highlight of that part of the trip. Then I packed my bags once again, and I took a trip back to Paris. So this was about a three and a half hour um, train ride back to Paris. So I dragged all my bags um, to the train station. And after a little bit of figuring out which train I was on, um, I got on the right one. And it was a very smooth ride back to Paris. Um, I worked on a bunch of watercolors while I was on the train ride, so that was very productive, very nice. Um, just listened to some music and just chilled. It was a it was a very peaceful kind of journey. Got to Paris and checked into my Airbnb. The Airbnb was gorgeous, highly recommended. It. it was so beautiful. I actually filmed a little um, YouTube about it. I haven't actually spliced it all together yet, but I am going to. And so if you're curious, um, by the time this is out or within the next couple days, I'll probably have that um, YouTube up and you can see like the tour of this place that I rented. And it's just so adorable. Um, It's like, it was like a small-ish apartment, but definitely bigger than any hotel room. Um, And it had high ceilings, uh, beautiful crown molding, Um, these beautiful high Parisian mirrors. It had two fireplaces and just the most gorgeously decorated, like very stylish 
um, Parisian apartment and it was so cute. I just really, really enjoyed staying there. And I had a bit of a deja vu moment too while I was there because for years, I mean like since I was a teenager, I have dreamt of doing a residency in Paris and just like going out and painting during the day and coming back and just like being a Parisian lady um, for like a part of my life. And it was really weird because the apartment that I rented for this trip in Paris is so close to what I envisioned that would be. Um, it had like the same high ceilings and that classic Parisian, you know, when you open up the windows and you can see the street and there's like flowers in the flower box and everything is like so perfect. <laughs> and it was really wonderful to experience. And I was there for my solo show in Paris. I mean, how amazing was that, you know? So I had this moment when I kind of brought my bags up and I set them down where I had to like sit down. I felt like a little bit dizzy because I felt like it was such a big thing that was like coming true for me. And it was a little bit overwhelming. I was like, wow, this is like happening right now. Um, anyway, so that was amazing. And what did I do that night? You know what I did? I went to go see Will Cotton's show. And Will Cotton is an artist. I really love his work. He paints these women in the clouds and women in cotton candy. And um, basically everything looks like good enough to eat. And But he paints so beautifully as well that it's just a pleasure to look at his work. So yeah, I went to go see Will Cotton's exhibition. So he had an exhibit during the last, like, it was the last two days his exhibit was still up and I happened to be in Paris. So um, I planned to go see that and I saw that after I checked into my Airbnb, which was very inspiring because, I mean, Will Cotton, he's obviously further along in his art career than me, but I feel like that's like the next level. Like I would love to get to that Um that level like his work is a lot larger than mine number one um and <laughs> just logistically it was a little bit difficult for me to get any large pieces over and I'll talk about that in a few minutes but anyway back to Will Cotton his work was very large larger than life a lot of it um oil paintings and this particular show of his was um, was all about unicorns and unicorns and cowboys and unicorns and cowgirls. And so it was really fun to go to and to see because like all the clouds are pink, pink and blue and um, just gorgeous. And the way he paints is so masterful and so light and airy. And um, I just really enjoyed seeing that show. It was very inspiring to me. I just love the way he paints. And um, I also love unicorns. So how could I miss that? <laughs> and um, so that was really nice to see that. So that night, my friend uh, Liz came in. She's one of my best friends um, from Pennsylvania. I've known her like maybe 15 years. Anyway, she decided to visit in Paris while I was having my show. So we had planned this. And um, so yeah, she arrived that night. And so uh, we stayed at the same Airbnb. Um, and I think think our total nights we stayed there was I think we stayed there four nights um four nights five days um so she arrived that night and we got settled in and 
it's just it's sometimes it's weird seeing like somebody like out of context I don't know if you've had that experience it's like um you know she's my friend from Philadelphia and then all of a sudden she's in Paris and on the other side of the world and it was just like kind of kind of funny um but it was great to see her and it was wonderful um to have a friend there to go through all this with and I'll tell you why in a second but um so that was nice. And then the next day, I was a little bit stressed because um, I had to prepare my entire exhibition basically in one day because the, um, the opening was that evening. So, you know, I had prepared everything for the most part the night before. And, um, and what I exactly did, I'm going to tell you what I did. So... I, I did a lot of the work for the exhibition before I even got on the plane to France um, because I knew while I was at the residency, I didn't know kind of what I would be creating and I wanted to be open to grow and to try new things at this residency. So I wanted to have already a group of artworks that I knew were uh, related to one each related to each other, um, very cohesive, and that I didn't have to worry about making work for my show the next week. Plus one week is a very little time to make like a whole bunch of artwork for one specific exhibition. So I just didn't want that stress. So I prepared um, eight paintings that I took with me on the plane. Now I learned last year that it can be a little risky to let paintings out of your sight <laughs> because they lost my paintings for two weeks until they miraculously turned up on my doorstep. So I decided to take my paintings off the stretcher bars, roll them up, um, and carry them with me under my arm as like my carry-on. So that is how I got my paintings to Paris. Um, and I feel very lucky that nothing happened to them. Um, I was very, very careful with just not letting them out of my sight for even a second. And uh, yeah, it worked out fine. You know, my paintings didn't suffer any damage. Everything went perfectly well. So that's how I got my paintings over to France. Um, now, this obviously wouldn't work if you are painting on panels that are very large or if you're painting with very large um, canvases to, you know, kind of unhook them from their stretchers. So if I do want to get to the level of, um, you know, these bigger time painters, literally, <laughs> I have to figure out um, shipping and all that kind of stuff. But basically, the place where I was exhibiting, they weren't going to pay for, you know, freight containers and all that stuff. So I had to figure that out on my own. And I just did what worked best for me, gave me the most peace of mind. So that's how I got my paintings over. So the night before I prepared, um, I practiced my speech a bunch. So I was doing a, I, I prepared a speech in French. So I took a couple of months of, uh, of French lessons before this. Um, I hired a tutor and I was doing French lessons like four times a week, like an hour a day. Um, for a month and a half. So that was enough time to learn pronunciation, a lot of the words, a lot of the sentence structure. 
I am still not fluent in French. Um, I would say I am like barely conversational, but I do, I'm a lot better at pronunciation than I was, which was like totally clueless. And French is very different than English in pronunciation. Like um, the way that they pronounce their E's and their I's and their O's, like it's all different. So I learned a lot and it was great to challenge myself. And I think this year I want to continue to learn French. I would love to be fluent. I, I think that's a goal of mine. I just love the language. I think it's, it's so romantic. It's so beautiful. Um, so anyway, the night before my show, I practiced my speech probably like 10 times. Um, and I felt very confident in that because um, I wrote the speech and then me and my uh, instructor, we, we translated it basically into something that made sense in French. Um, so I practiced that. And then I was, I was going to make um, all these other things like, like labels and um, like a, a price list and all this stuff. And um, I actually didn't end up making them because I just heard this voice in my head that said like, stop striving so much. You know, you don't need to strive. You can just, you can just let go and, you know, enjoy this amazing opportunity. This episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy. The Luminary Artist Academy is a six-month, self-paced, transformational course for contemporary realist, feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself, who has been through the dark night of my own soul, and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach. And I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself. I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step -step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now six months from now if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows, press celebrating your work, and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com. 
so basically I prepared, prepared, prepared the night before. And then, um, yeah, I just, I heard this voice saying to let go and to stop striving so much because I was going to make this big sign. Um, cause I had forgotten to like make a sign and I didn't know if they would have it. And I was going to make this big, like artistic sign that, um, that said the title of the um, the exhibition and like my name and all the details. And I just stopped and I was just like, you know what? It's enough. Like I've prepared enough and I don't, I don't have to stay up past midnight to, to do this. And I just stopped. And so I think that was like a really healthy decision for me because I do have a tendency to just keep going and to always feel like I could be making things better. So I think that that was a really healthy decision for me and something I'm looking forward to leaning into more. Um, so the next day, um, I, I took the train to La Serwangari, which is so beautiful. I had never been there before. And when I arrived, I arrived around noon and, uh, my exhibition was at 7 PM. So I arrived around noon to start installing things and, it was in a really lovely part of town. It was on the outskirts of Paris and um, it was very residential. Like a lot of people just like live there. But in the middle of this residential area, there's basically, it's kind of like Central Park, um, but without as many trees. It was it was mostly like grass, um, th- these beautiful different kinds of like wild grasses. And then they had streams running through them. And, um, and then you go a little further past these like pathways and there are all of these gardens. So there's 50 gardens. I, I think it was 50, 40, 40 or 50 gardens that are made up into divided up into all these plots. And each plot is about like 20 feet by 20 feet. And people in the city in Paris can apply to have their own garden so they can grow their own vegetables, grow their own flowers, whatever they want to do. And so they can apply to like have their own garden and it's like provided by the city. Isn't that wonderful? There is a waiting list. Um, so people like wait for usually like a year to be able to get their own garden. Um, but it's such a lovely idea and there's all these paths that like lead you through them. And each one is so creative and different than the next because you know, each garden is as unique as the gardener. So, um, I was just amazed as I was walking through these gardens, like how cool that I get to exhibit at a place like this, you know? So eventually, um, you come to the greenhouse, which is like in the center of all of these gardens. And the greenhouse is very, very large. It's, um, I don't know the exact dimensions of it, but I would say it's probably like, probably like a football field or maybe like I don't know five basketball courts like it's very large um and you know it's all made of glass like the entire thing um and inside they're growing all these different kinds of plants but then there's a very large event space as well um in the center and off to the side um which is where I had my exhibition um so the people were lovely um it was great to see Aura Lee, who was the director there, and she's the one who invited me to have the exhibition there. Um, they fed me lunch there, like these fresh tomatoes and cheese, and um, 
they helped, you know, we talked about like the vision for the show and where to hang everything. And um, they even had a monitor, um, which is really unexpected and um, wonderful, but they had a monitor where I was able to play one of the dance films that I made the week before at the Muses um, residency. So I was really excited about that. And um, it's just really wonderful that that was able to happen. Basically about our connection to nature through the lens of fairy tales. Um, So a lot of them depicted these women in very um, ethereal situations within um, nature. So like, for instance, there's one woman who's like sitting on a cloud um, in the middle of the forest. And that is one of the pieces. Um, Then there's also a piece of a woman, you know, standing on a path and she's looking up at a bird and it looks like they're like talking to each other. Um, So they're basically all about like our interactions with nature and to see all of this nature filled artwork um, in combination with nature, like they are all about nature. Like the, the plants were literally growing right in front of the artwork. And there was like these fountains right in front of the artwork. Um, not in a dangerous way, like to damage the artwork, but like several feet in front of them. Um, and it was just so lovely to see everything all put together. And then to have the monitor there playing this like very, um, this very appropriate piece just for just it looks like it was like made for this show and I wasn't even thinking that when I created it at the residency but the video portion is all of these women myself included dressed in white and we are uh, dancing in the woods but it's a very specific way we're dancing so the concept I had was these women were representing um, plants um, or flowers And so I was spring, the personification of spring, and I would um, wake them up. So they would be, they were sleeping at first in the tall grass and I would wake them up and then they would slowly start to germinate and, um, and begin to kind of rise and then interact with each other. And um, so that was what the concept of the dance was. And it was just perfect for the location and to be able to show that in the location, it's just so wonderful. So everything was all set up. Um, it was very hot that day. And um, yeah, I, you know, they don't really believe in air conditioning very much in, um, in France. They do in some places. And I was very careful to get, um, you know, a hotel with air conditioning. <laughs> Um, just cause I'm spoiled. I'm a spoiled American in that way. But at this place, they did not have air conditioning in the main, um, greenhouse area. Cause it's literally meant to house plants. So it's kept warm. Um, I just got so hot. And, um, so, uh, they basically had this back room, which was air conditioned and I was just able to chill there for a while. Um, and you know, call a couple people and, um, just prepare mentally for the exhibition that night. Um, I also had two photographers come. So the first photographer, um, I actually booked them on Airbnb. This is like a pro tip. If you go to like another country, another city, and you want to have it documented, Airbnb, um, 
has these things called experiences. And there's a lot of photographers who will take pictures of you for a very affordable rate if you go through Airbnb experiences. So I actually booked two photographers. Um, the first one we did a photo shoot before the exhibition. Um, so we captured like the installation basically, like how it looked. And then we did a bunch of pictures of me with the installation, me with the art. We did some photos of me in the gardens outside with some of the art. So that was really great. And then I also hired somebody to capture the actual reception because I just really wanted to have, you know, photos of my exhibition in Paris and like that documentation. And because I would be talking to people that entire time and giving my speech and everything, like I, I couldn't like worry about taking pictures. So um, yeah, I was able to get these two photographers. They both were fantastic to work with. I'm really happy with the pictures that came out. Um, so we did our first photo shoot um, before anyone arrived. And then, um, and then the second photographer arrived um, a couple minutes before the exhibition which was fine. So, um, so yeah, it was wonderful. About 20 to 30 people came, um, which is pretty good because I don't know anybody in Paris. Um, and, uh, my friend Liz came, I knew her <laughs> and then, um, I knew like the director of this place. Um, and I had been working with everyone who worked there. Um, and they all also watched. So, so yeah. And then, you know, general members of the public came there were a lot of like moms with little girls, um, which is totally understandable because, um, yeah, my work is very like fairy tale based. So I feel like it is a really nice, like mother daughter outing kind of activity. So yeah, um, everybody arrived, they put out some lovely snacks for everyone and started looking at the work. I got to chat with some people, practice my French and, um, it was really wonderful. I was so happy. Like the pictures look like ridiculous. Like I look like very, very happy. And I was, um, because I felt like I was really like living my purpose. Um, if you've ever had those moments where you're like, yes, this is like a moment where I was made to do this. I feel like I'm like standing to my fullest height. I feel like I'm making a difference. I feel like I'm inspiring people. And it was just, it was a moment of like true, it was a mountaintop moment of like true incredible manifestation and just I'm, I'm so thankful that I was able to experience that but yes I was very happy throughout the entire event and um, then I gave my speech and it went really well and I could tell it went well because everyone French who was listening was like nodding and smiling and like murmuring things um, like when I made certain points. So I knew that they were understanding it, which was like wonderful. Um, and yeah, the director was like very impressed. She was like, Oh, your pronunciation is so great. And, um, it was really, it was really very fulfilling, very wonderful. Um, I'm very proud of myself for have done all that work. It's a lot of work to learn a new language. So for those of you who know English as a second language, I salute you because it is not easy. It's, it's, yeah, it's learning a whole nother way of thinking. You don't realize how much there is to a language um, until you start trying to learn a new one and you realize how overwhelming it is. But 
Anyway, the speech went great. I was able to talk to a lot of the people afterwards. We had this um, time afterwards where anybody could draw um, and I could like instruct them. So a lot of people actually took advantage of that and um, especially some of the kids who were there. So there's all these pictures of like me drawing with the, the kids. Um, there was this one little French girl who was like so obsessed with my dress and my art and like she just like loved me and she kept giving me like all these pictures she would draw a picture and she would like give it to me as a present and it was just so cute I just really enjoyed it so yeah that was that um once the exhibition was over um it was like a three-hour uh reception so people like wandered in and out um and it was really wonderful um and eventually we took down the artwork because it was just a one day thing um they would have had it up for longer but because i was going back to america within the next like couple days i i i asked for it to just be a one a one-time thing um i did sell a piece um i sold a piece to the director which was quite nice and I did pre-sell four other pieces. So I think I've sold five so far, part of this collection. And I have not even released it to people yet, like on social media or on my mailing list. So um, I am going to give you guys a little advantage there. So um, I know that most of you guys are artists and not, shall we say, collectors, but... Um, I know that as artists, sometimes artists like to collect art. So I want to show you my Paris collection and give you, you the opportunity to purchase anything that you like. So I'm actually going to include the link to my Paris collection, what's left of it, um, in the um, link in my show notes here. So if you want to see that, if you want to collect a piece that has not yet been collected, then go to the link in the show notes and you can see it before my mailing list. How amazing is that? Um, okay. So yes, I sold a piece. So wonderful. Um, so now I have an international collector and she was like, this is my first piece by you. I want to collect many more, which was very gratifying to hear. Um, so yeah, after the exhibition, it was like nine 30, um, and my friend and I went to dinner and that was lovely. Uh, went to this really cute little place, um, really delicious food and then just turned down for the night. And, um, I've, I felt very tired by the end of the night. Like I felt like the mountaintop experience happened at the exhibition. And then afterwards I was like, okay, then I got into like kind of production mode of like, okay, now we need to make make sure the pieces um, are packed up, you know, so that nothing gets damaged and um, just like logistical. I also felt it was relieving in some ways because I had put so much effort and time into this, like making all these pieces, learning French, giving the speech, like I had put so much of myself into this that once it was over, there was a moment where I was like, ah, oh, it went flawlessly went so well. I'm so thankful for this. And now I can move on, you know? So speaking of moving on, so the next day we went to, um, several museums around, um, Paris and, um, I actually, 
yeah, so my boyfriend and I broke up. Um, so that was, that was, that was sad in Paris, but, um, uh, we did not do that in person. Um, it had kind of been brewing for a little bit just because I, uh, the long distance brought up some things that I realized would not work for me. And, um, long distance is interesting. Long distance is interesting because it really forces you to, um, to look at the communication, to look at the logistics of your relationship. And sometimes it can help you think really clearly. And, um, I think that that's really what happened, you know, while in Paris and, um, and it also just felt like the right thing to do. Um, I won't go into too many specifics, um, but he's a lovely person and I just don't feel like we're right to be together right now. Um, so, uh, we did break up and, um, it was sad. Um, and I did some crying (laughs) while in the Orsay. And I had this moment where I was like, oh my goodness, I'm crying in the USA. This is so Parisian. And this is a moment. This is definitely a moment. And um, yeah, it was nice that I had my friend there as well, though, because it's just nice to have that level of support, right? So, um, so that was kind of like an interesting part of my Parisian trip. Um, but honestly, like, I don't fight it. And I don't think that it ruined the trip or anything. Um, because I believe that what's meant to happen kind of will happen. And um, I'm really grateful for our experiences together. And it was a wonderful relationship. And um, yeah, I just I don't fight that separation. um, Because I really want what is in both of our highest good. So yeah, that gave me a lot of peace. So anyway, I'm dealing with this while in Paris, but um, I have a very empathetic friend with me. And so we still do a lot of fun things. So we went to the Montmartre Museum. Um, Montmartre is a really cute part of Paris um, that is known as like the artist's haven. So, so many artists lived there during like the early 1900s, like um, Degas um, at some points. And... um, and many, many of the Impressionists lived there. And um, so we went to see Montmartre, went to see the Museum of Montmartre, which has a beautiful garden in it. Um, I did a painting of that, actually. And we also went to see the Moulin Rouge. We, we went to see the Montmartre Cemetery, which was very interesting. Um, very, very interesting. <laughs> it was the most ornate, gothic like dramatic cemetery I've ever seen in my life. Like if you need to film a scary Gothic movie, like that is the perfect location because it is a huge cemetery. There are so many interesting sepulchers. Um, It's like they all tried to outdo each other with how ornate they could be. And because they were built so long ago, they all look so, um, they all look so old and creepy now. We did find Degas, um, Degas' grave, and somebody had put like ballet slippers there and like a paintbrush, and um, so that was kind of cool to see um, Degas' grave. 
but we were walking through the cemetery and, uh, yeah, there was like crows in all of the, uh, trees like cawing and, um, we're like, oh my gosh, there's no crows anywhere else in Paris. Why are they all here in the cemetery? It was just crazy. So, um, it was very moody. We took some pictures we took some videos. I'll probably be making a YouTube about it. Um, and then we also went to this secret restaurant where you had to literally ring a bell. Like there's no sign. Um, you had to ring a bell to be let in and then it takes you to this like little pathway. And then, you know, there, it opens up into, it's basically like a house that they've made into a hotel. That's like super, super, super fancy. And then there's this like greenhouse off of the back, which is a super, super, super fancy, um, restaurant. So we had some appetizers there and it was just so cool because it was so secret and, um, it was very fancy, very, very fancy. Uh, we found out about it from our Airbnb host, um, because you would never be able to find it like on your own. Cause there's no sign. You just, you have to go to this specific street and go to this specific, um, doorbell, ring the doorbell, and then you'll be let inside. Um, kind of like a speakeasy, but much fancier. Like there's a dress code. Um, but it was like half of it was outdoors. It was just the loveliest place. And I, I very much enjoyed that. Um, we also went to go see the Eiffel Tower, which was lovely. Um, I did not go up in it. I have already done that. Um, my friend did. I just sat below and I watched the sunset as the Eiffel Tower kind of sparkled and, you know, watched the sky change colors as it faded into the night. Um, and that was lovely. And that was pretty much our Paris trip. We also went to eat, went out to eat a bunch of cute little places, some cute coffee shops, um, stopped by so many little uh, vintage shops and walked along the river as well. And I did get this amazing book. Um, it's Beauty and the Beast. Beauty et la bite um, is how they say it. And uh, it is all in French but it's a reproduction of the most charming edition of Beauty and the Beast you will ever see. Um, and I just love the cover. It's like periwinkle with this circle uh, where Beauty is kind of sitting on this lunar circle and the beast is like um, reaching up to her and it's just the most gorgeous illustrations inside. So I can practice my French reading that. Um, I just loved it. And I also got a piece of original art. Um, I don't know who the artist is. Um, his or her signature is also in the bottom. I can't really understand it, but I got it from a street vendor, one of those adorable street vendor places along the river that sells like old books and magazines. But it's an original um, pastel piece and it's of um, this woman and she has this like cute little Parisian hat on with like a veil. And she just looks like very kind of happy and cheeky. And I really liked the piece. It was very soft and feminine. And I liked that it was an original. So I, it was a small piece, but um, I just got it framed uh, finally now that I'm back. So yes, that is kind of the Paris trip. So the next morning flying back, um, 
I was reflecting on like, what were some of my takeaways from this trip? Because, um, you know, I feel like you learn things with every experience. And one of my key takeaways for Paris was, I feel like it really just like elevated my expectations for myself, like what's possible, because I knew I wanted to have a show in Paris. And I got really serious about it. Like this past year, um, I was like, yeah, I do want to have a show in Paris. I was like manifesting it. And then it happened. And I was like, wow, I guess I can do anything, you know, <laughs> like maybe I should be a little bit more like ambitious, you know? Uh, so, but that is a major goal, like in my life that I achieved that, like not a lot of artists can say that they've had a show in Paris and, you know, now, now I can, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So um, elevating what's possible for me um, definitely was something that I learned. Um, and then also that kind of like the world responds to you. Um, the world responds to you. And I put it out there that I wanted this show. And, you know, I had to write a proposal and I had to buy the tickets. And the world just like opened up for me. So decide what you want. And the world will respond to you and will open up to you. And you have to be really firm in your decision and really go for it because other people aren't going to make that decision for you. You have to decide, you know, yes, I'm exhibiting in Paris or whatever you want for your career. Um, the other thing is to guard your energy. So um, our energy is finite and, you know, throughout the day, you only have so much energy um, you, there's only so many hours you can work during a day or experience anything. So just to guard your energy and to really be intentional about that. Um, because for me, um, Paris was worth it because it was a major life goal, but it was a tremendous amount of time, energy, and effort. And you have to decide what goals are worth you expending all of your energy for. Because if I had not worked for this, if I had not totally aligned with it, it would not have happened. Um, so really save your energy for your big goals. Like what are your big goals and how can you use your energy to apply all of that energy towards that? Um, so yeah, also focus is your currency. Um, your focus is your currency and your focus is anyone's currency really like why do people pay to have you work a job it's really for your attention it's for, for your focus on whatever it is so for your art career your focus is your currency so to take away things that are you know taking away from that focus um things that don't matter for instance like social media usage is a huge one like check your phone usage and see what you can improve in that area of your life and take your time back, take your focus back. Um, and just really, really treat your time and your focus like it's the most important thing because it absolutely is. Oh, so that was Paris. Um, a lot of big things happened. Um, a lot of big shifts um, within me and outside of me as well. So I kind of feel like I came back like a more grounded version of myself. Just, I feel
feel like I respect myself more. Um, not because I showed in Paris, but because I was able to achieve this lifelong dream and totally follow through on it. And it makes me believe that anything I want to do or achieve or experience, like I can experience, you know, and it's, it's, I have a new level of respect for myself (laughs) that I just like made that happen. Um, or as I say, co-created it with the universe. So what is next? So what's next for me is, um, I'm going to be doing a workshop, um, and that's going to be the vibrance workshop. And it's all about, um, creating a vibrant, uh, art career, like in all areas. So that's going to be soon. I have not put a date on that yet. I'm still developing it, but, uh, that'll be soon. So watch out for that. Also, if you enjoy my content, um, and you're an artist, I have a free vision casting course that I just give away to artists. That's like, I think it's like a 10 day course. Um, it's an email course. It's really good. I, I poured all my heart and soul into it. Um, but it's, you know, bite size, so you can, it's not overwhelming. Um, but you just get like one new, uh, lesson a day for like 10 days and it just helps you to get clear on your vision. So if you would like that, there's a link in the bio for you. Um, and Titania's ball, that's a group exhibition that I am, um, that I am curating and the featured artists are, um, Stephen Assale, Teresa Oaxaca, um, Carrie Dunn, Lucas Bononi, and Christy Gordon. And the uh, submissions for that are open until August 20th, which is in, um, just a couple days. So if you want to submit to that, you can, um, that is, that will be on October 5th. You can also attend if you would like to. And then lastly, Quest. So Quest is my solo show that's coming up in December. And I really need to get busy on that because I I just organized all my reference photos and all the paintings that I want to create for that show. And it is like, it's a lot. And I'm excited to get into it. Um, I feel like half the work for being an artist is like, just thinking, you know, just thinking about what you want to make. And then the other half is like making it, you know? So I've, I've done all the thinking part pretty much. I'm like, I have all the concepts, like all the references are all there, but now it's just like the physical labor. So that is what I'm going to be doing. In fact, that's where I'm going right now to go make a painting. So wish me luck. And thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts about my Paris experience. And you can always DM me on Instagram um, or shoot me an email. And I would love to connect with you. Um, And lastly, I want to remind you, I've been doing a lot of um, one-on-one sessions with artists. If you are somebody who's maybe not ready to make the commitment for the um, Luminary Artist Academy, which is my big course for artists, that's very transformative. Um, But you want... Uh, my feedback for your art career, um, you want to do like some one-on-one sessions for strategy. Um, I do offer one-on-one sessions and you can, you can purchase one session. Um, you can purchase five sessions. Um, you can purchase eight sessions. And beyond that, I really recommend that you just purchase the, um, Luminary Artist Academy because it's just going to give you a lot more information. Um, so yeah, if you'd like to do that, The link to that is also in the show notes. 
and um, you can always DM me or email me if you need clarification or have questions about that as well. But I would love to help you. I'd love to empower you and achieve your own dreams, your own version of a show in Paris. So have a wonderful day and I am rooting for you. And I'm also rooting for myself to make all this work. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.